much light welcome in you know jowworks radio settle in family we got nothing but heavy hitters you know lined up for tonight the roots and culture fashion getting us started here in a heavy heavyweight fashion you know we got the man called Rafi alongside Martin Campbell here in the background. Oh, my brother, Dub. And once again, family, welcome in. A thing called Jowworks Radio. My name is D-Rome. going to be in here for the next period of time. Uh, nice enough the area, as always, bringing the best roots and culture reggae music. Check out our homepage, jowworksradio.com. Big up everyone tuning in here live. You know, WIUV 91.3 here in beautiful Castleton, Vermont. We are syndicated in Hoopah Tribal, California at Hoopah Tribal Radio, KIDE 91.3. On XFM, if you're in Calabar, Nigeria, reggaeworldmusic.com, Boy Radio 808.com in Hawaii, and family brought to the family this week by 44parallelsuperfoods.com. Just got a fresh harvest of chaga. So check us out, you know, 44 Parallel Superfoods. Got you covered for the healing chaga and the healing maca. Ital, natural foods. Hey, yes, indeed. We got a big, big show lined up for the, for the family tonight. We got a couple tunes coming up in tribute to the man called Dennis Emmanuel Brown. Gonna start the show this week. The newer cut from the man called Bushman, and this is a cover, a wicked, wicked cover of a wicked, wicked tune called Don't Want to Be No General. And tonight, a very, very special night because we also have a special guest that's going to join us at some point. Um, we're going to actually just play an interview that we did a few days ago, in fact, from the INI studio, direct from the INI studio. We linked with a brethren called Ayaba Ibo Mandingo. This is a, uh, a man that should be a household name across the world, as far as I'm concerned. A poet, playwright, author, actor, painter, singer, father, amongst many, many other, you know, attributes, but a heart to go, heart to go brethren, you know, and we got a long extended interview with this brethren that we're going to be playing towards the end of the show. I want to encourage everyone that you stay tuned for this entire interview because it's so, so powerful. The man dropped uh, just a lot of 
crucial information and inspiration as well. But in the meantime, family, let's get our tones right. Get your vibes. Irieites. We got Bushman coming up next. Original Dennis Emmanuel Brown. Keep it locked, fam.
That rank in the all gets banking. That rank in the all gets banking. On the banking. Yes. On the banking. Yes. I said, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. I said, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. No. No.
Push forward on this beautiful night. We're giving on some praise out to the Almighty Creator Spirit. Mikey Dread taking us forward. I think we call the reggae session. Uh, yes, indeed, family. You know, celebrating words, sound, and power tonight. Much love and light to the entire family. It's a reggae session tonight. Look how the daughter them dress up so nice. It's a reggae session tonight. Look how the sisters them a dress up so nice. It's a reggae session. And the music just nice. It's a reggae session. No one a fight. It's a reggae session tonight. Look how the daughter them a dress up so nice. It's a reggae session tonight. Look how my brother them a hold it down tight. It's a reggae session. And the music so nice. It's a reggae session. My kids are there by their mind. It's a reggae session. People them a pack up so tight, so tight. It's a reggae session tonight. Look how my body just a hug up so tight, so tight. It's a reggae session. And the music 
a reggae session. No matter if you're black or you're white, it's a reggae session tonight. Look out your music, just a hold them down tight. So tight. It's a rasta session tonight. Look out the jelly, them a hug up so tight. So tight. It's a rasta session. Session. I know one not fight. It's a rasta session. Session. Just a give us the light. Let's go. 
Any day now, any way 
top of that set. We started with Bushman, a song called Don't Want to Be No General. After that, we had Dennis Brown alongside DYCR and Tristan Palmer with a brand new cut called Back to Africa. It's coming on King Jammy presents Dennis Brown, Tracks of Life. Brand new CD featuring Dennis Brown, classics alongside, you know, a lot of newer artists and classical artists. After that, we had two tracks there from the man called Mikey Dread. We had Warrior Styley speaking of classics and a reggae session right after that. Everton Blender followed that with Ghetto People Song. And just before this, we had Sanchez, I Shall Be Released. Yeah, yes, indeed, Familino. Everything's on Irie Ice mode. Giving thanks and praise for this existence vibration tonight you know sharing with the eyes across the world i and i is truly honored to be bringing this thing we call word sound and power to the globe in the background here we got mr dean frazier tribute to king tubby yes family now we got a little more time left this one's a tribute to the entire jowworks radio family coming up next Boom shot and Bredgen called Glenn Washington. Song called Come Away. Come away from 
get ready for repatriation One of these fine days We will meet again In peace and harmony One of these days We will meet again One aim, one destiny My yoke might be hard But you promise to lighten my burden Only in Jah do I trust Is the only solution to the system And our freedom is a must No matter how the heathen cuss and fuss Peace and love and unity Is the key to continued survival One of these fine days We will meet again In peace and harmony One of these fine days We will meet again One aim, one destiny One of these fine days We will meet again And there won't be no denomination One of these days We're gonna meet again With people from different nations No, no, no Though the journey seems so long, yeah, we know this battle must be won, yeah, and though sometimes they treat us wrong, yeah, my faith in Saints go marching My brothers and my sisters We'll be there
when those things go marching in. Brothers and sisters, we'll be there. It's soon the wrong we call up yonder. And those who are worthy will hear.
Luciano coming in with a couple classics here. And we got one more tune here from Luciano. This one coming alongside Spanner Banner. Ayaba Ibo Mandingo coming up next. Live interview. You say the leaders of this world keep trying to make this world a better place for living. Still they just can't understand how it's so hard to do. I guess the system is just not working. Cause it's too much easy man squeezing. And the 
family. Greetings, otra vez. Greetings in love. Greetings in light. I and I is here alongside the good brethren known as Ayaba, all the way from Connecticut via Africa. Wagwan, my brother. Yes, I wagwan, wagwan. They are love up and live up, you know? Yeah, yes, yes, true, true. Man, um, I want to start by bigging up my mom who uh, who linked this interview. You know, you, you yes, were featured blessed, on her. Blessed yeah. love to mommy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yes, were featured on her show like a couple weeks ago. Um, so I want to big up this show and big up that radio station out there in Bridgeport, Connecticut. You know, uh, my mom does this show called State of the Arts alongside yes. uh, Richard. And a, a really awesome show featuring, you know, the art scene along along uh, the Bridgeport area and the whole Southern Connecticut yes. zone, New York. Yeah, WPKN. So big up, big up mom, big up, big up Richard. And uh, Ayaba, man, um, I give thanks, you know, for, for coming on our show as well, because this is a uh, this is a unique opportunity, you know, to speak with speak with a brethren like yourself. And um, so normally, you know, on the show, I would say typically, you know, we feature a lot of, you know, reggae artists, which um, I know mm-hmm. you do. You do uh, definitely perform within the reggae, you know, scene as well. But more known, you know, I, I would say within the poetry and the theater scene. So I, I'd love if you could just. Start out by introducing yourself, you know, for the family, for the Jawworks Radio family to start out. Peace. Blessed love family. Ayaba Ibo Mandingo. Originally from Wadadli, Antigua, by way of Nigeria, Africa. <laughs> um, poet, playwright, painter, actor, artist, storyteller extraordinaire. Um, Jaja Soldier. Um, and, and a lover of life and, and of people and of being alive and, and of sharing the wonderfulness of Rastafari. Yeah, I mean that. <laughs> give ons, give ons. A true griot, you know, you sound like the definition of griot to me. Yes, I've, I've gotten, I love that label. Um, I accept that label and I understand the importance of that label, knowing that all of us as mankind come from the idea of oral history. And the you know word sound is power you know it, the importance of realizing that you know as a younger cat you know you wanted other talents maybe the ability to to dunk a basketball and buy my mother a million dollar house but you know you start to really check history and you realize that the people that 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 sort of bind us from error to error and really keep us uh, a human are the people who who carry the stories the poets and the singers and the players of instruments and the griots we're the ones that really you know carry the good vibe and the good the magic and the good juju forward to the next generation from ancient times so that people really understand that there's nothing new under the sun all you're going to do is bring your version of whatever it is love rasta um including hatred it's just going to be your version of it so really really overstanding that really helps people to see that a lot of these things you can't stop doing because it's repetitive you know and it, a lot of times the reason it happens is because we don't break circles. We don't like to break circles. We like to be redundant and repetitive. And that's one of the things I love about Rasta because Rasta sim upstream, you know? That's true. That's true, man. And uh, yeah, man. I think you have a good point, you know, about the history, man. Because if you think about, like, what they teach and what we learn in schools growing up, what they so the so-called history, his story, I mean, really, yes. that's, that's, that's like, I wasn't interested as a kid. And it, it was kind of nonsense. I mean, that didn't even shape... You know our cultural like that's that's just a history of wars and and hatred and, and the, the, the lowest it, form exactly, of humanity. Well, I mean, you know, like so. Yeah, this, this absolutely, it's true, man. man. Absolutely, you wonder, you wonder, 
what what they gain from perpetuating it when we all is I mean at the end of the day it's one globe it's not like you know if if the excrement hit the sand that they can go hey let's go to this other place they dream about it and they wish for it but it's one planet all of us are on and you would wonder why at this point nobody has said you know what how about if we try love let's try love for like 60 days you know yeah, what I mean yeah. it, it never it's like it doesn't dawn on them the simplicity of it. and as a parent and we were talking about that you and I before yes. as a parent it's one thing to teach your children and them you know, the idea of of fairness and one loveness and, and, and of not lying. And then, you know, the first day they come home and say, well, dad, they just said the president was lying. I and mean, then you got to sit there and tell your child, well, you know, baby, the world is not as, is, 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 you know, as clean cut as we would like it to be. There's all these little weird gray areas and shadows that people like to use and manipulate. And it's a really busy, you know, having, being a father of five, it was, it was all of my children, watching them have that moment where they realized that things were not fair because they were a girl or because they were black or because they, they had, you know, all of my children had locks going, going right until they got to, you know, quote unquote, you know, old enough to say, daddy, I want to try something else. All of them, I raised all of them in the roster. So mm-hmm. can you imagine the fight coming home from school, you know, when it was, you know, you're not supposed to wear your hair like this. And then my son comes up, dad, dad, why is my hair a problem? When it, yeah. you know, it's just my hair that, that we didn't do anything to but wash and leave it. And, and then having to explain those things to your children, it can be very, it can be very heartbreaking, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, man. No it's doubt. Very no doubt. Yep, yep. But yeah, I, I, I big you up, you know, for pushing forward and, and bringing up those youths that way, because that's that's all you can do, oh, man. Yeah, show man. them the show them the love, show them the truth, you know, and yeah, you know, man. You know but forward it, it, that it breaks, man. It breaks, brother. It breaks. I teach I, you teach your, your your child love, and I teach my child love. When they meet each other, they're gonna practice a thing they call one love. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all the other things, just like love, all the other conditions are things that are, that are learned and perpetuated and, and pushed by people, usually with very, very shallow hearts that, you know, they, they want to, they, it's like they want, they, they want to keep on like pushing that idea. Just, that's why we have to push the positive because they get up every day wanting, ready to push the negative. So we have to be there at least at the very most to create a sense of balance so that our children can see that, you know, there's a wrong way, like Bob said, in life, there's a wrong way and a right way. And if you listen carefully, you will know the right way. And that's the truth. That's the truth. Whether you're a Christian or a Muslim or all of us come with a little inside voice. You know, some people call it your conscience. Some people call it all like the, the guardian angel. But all of us, if you're just quiet enough and still, you know, next time that's why, you know, growing up, I know the Bible because I'm growing it. You know, be still and know. You know, that's meditation. Yes. Stop. And I think that this planet, if I could if I could wish anything for this modern planet, this Western Hemisphere, it would be to be able to push the pause button. Just stop. Make everybody stop and go, oh. So you mean you really don't need a smarter phone, smarter <laughs> television, a smart TV, brother? You remember, remember when we used to have to get up and change the controller, the TV ourselves, when we were the controller? When your mother used to go change it and you'd get up and go ch- spin the channel. Yeah. <laughs> from, yeah, and now it's like, 900 and something channels and you swear you need them until you realize hey I only watch like 10 channels anyway you know access is like access has become this thing where you feel like if you don't have it you're not in the you're not in the in crowd and yeah. it's pretty sad to watch brother it's a great time to be a poet and an artist because there's so much for us to write and talk about but it's also a sad time to be a poet and an artist because there's so much for us to write and talk about mm. well said you know well what I mean said. yeah yes what? <laughs> but at the same time, I just want, you know, people are waking up and um, this is an exciting yes. time to be alive, you know, and to be part of the to, yes, of this I, love movement, you know. 
Yes, I. And it's, it's the youth, yes, you know, I. it's the youth. This young generation, man, it, look out, you know what I mean? These, oh, these, these youth are coming in. Brother. They're inspiring, man. They're inspiring. Yeah, yeah. So, Especially Brethren, when it comes to, to, to stepping aside from all the different isms and schisms that are out there that we, that we had to grow under. They, 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 they seem so redundant to them. I love the way they deal with things like racism and sexism. It's like, but wait a minute, that's my friend. It's like, yeah, exactly, my man, exactly, little man. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know, and, and that's one of the reasons why I've been teaching third grade. I've been teaching for 20, 25 years, and I've been teaching third grade for the last 12 years deliberately because to wow. me, that, that's the age where they really start to let go of mommy and daddy and start to really explore their own independence. And, and it's, it's a wonderful time if you, if you really want to help a child to really to, to look at life in a, in a fresh way it's a really nice time to meet them and guide them you know so I, I get very inspired man every year I say I'm gonna you know at the end of the year after 180 days you say you had enough and you're gonna quit and then you get a letter from some kid or or you get a you know a pile of letters from or a drawing from some school you went to and you're like okay maybe one more year and that's been me for the last 15 years so all right maybe one more year maybe one wow. more year what subject do you teach or you teach a little bit of everything I I teach I teach uh, creative writing and art. Okay. And it's, it's the kind of stuff where you know I um the art, for example, is, is all about uh, upcycling things and seeing things a different kind of way. So uh, you know we do puppets, Jim Henson inspired puppets. Daddy's old sweater and your old jeans and you know stuff that you found in the garbage can at the house that mommy and daddy might have been throwing away blankets and and old you know the. the that are going and buying this stuff and we take old pillows and take that stuff so they really start to understand because you know we didn't do a good job us and the people before us we didn't really do a good job of, of, of creating a, a good planet for them so unfortunately they're going to have to become very very uh, flexible with the, the, the type of things they have the materials they have they have to use and with the crowding you know the way that the, the, the planet is I mean you know the, the island that's as big as Manhattan that's floating in the Pacific Ocean made out of plastic you know, they're going to have to deal with that stuff. We get to see it and marvel at it, but they're going to, there's going to come a time when they're going to have to really, really focus their energies and all their intellectual abilities on solving a lot of the problems that we just kind of lifted up the carpet and swept under, you know? Yeah, that's true. This is a solution generation. Yeah, man. Oh, yep, brother, so indeed. much of it, you know? But like you said, man, I, I, I'm inspired because you're absolutely right. People are waking up. You know, you go to a place like South Africa and you hear all the, all the negatives, and then you go there and you meet nothing but, but people with cool vibes white, black, brown, orange, purple, you know, and, and it just, and you mean, it, it, that's the one thing you come away with was that's, that, that sort of feeling like we just talked about of, of one love and not, not in a romanticized way, but in a way that, that people are really breaking through those sort of stereotypes and saying, you know what, instead of believing what I've been told about what black people are like or what white people are like. I'm going to go ahead and cross the line and go and actually meet the real one, talk to them, and then come to my own assessment of what they are. And then I'm going to also go, you know what, this is just one person. They don't represent the whole race of people. You know what I'm saying? And I believe that that, you know, if anything that you want to talk about the social media and the internet has definitely done, I would have to say yes, that's the, that's the most important thing they offer us, is the ability to, to me and have a, have a brethren across the planet that we can talk and, and reason with and see each other's children and and watch each other's lives and realize that we like and love the same kind of things, you know? Same kind of things make us sad and break our hearts. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it's a nice thing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm completely, brother. To be, a, I'm, I got the history degree. So for me, it's like, you know, 
100 years ago to think about the people that walk earth Marcus Garvey Sigmund Freud people that really really were architects of the 20th century the early 20th century and that's who we are you know in 200 years when historians look back at this time whatever the first 50 years of this of this 21st century are and become they're gonna it's gonna fall squarely on our shoulders good yep. bad or indifferent you know and I, I love i love that that challenge and i love that that responsibility you know i agree man and uh yeah we're all architects you know so that that's beautiful i yes, like that I, you know we're all architects of our own reality too so yes i yes yes i, I, yes, I. I. so brethren uh, man i Love to, uh, you, you told me a little bit before we start the interview, but um, tell the family a little bit about your name, you know, Ayaba. It's a powerful name. Um, well, it's, it's Ayaba, Ayaba Ibo Mandingo. Ayaba, Ayaba is um, it's a Rasta name. I made it in the, in the Caribbean. The Rastas we cook in, we cook our idol in a clay pot that we get from the Carib people called uh, Yaba, Y-A-B-A, Yaba pot, and it makes the sweetest rice, sweetest idols too. And I just, it just stuck to me. And I took the I and I from I and I, the I, and put it with Yaba and made the name Ayaba. And then many, many years later, traveling to Africa, meeting, meeting uh, uh, friends from Nigeria specifically, I learned that the name Ayaba actually is a Yoruba name. And it means his mother calls or mother calls mama's boy. And that's exactly who I am. So the creator sent me the perfect name, you know? Yeah. Ibo, the Ibo <laughs> are people. Actually, the reason I love the, the name Ibo is because... Uh, Ibo Cooper, the, the lead, the, the leader, the band leader from the the, the, the group Third World. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite musicians. They used to come to Antigua a lot. So as a boy, I you know I would say my my grandmother's house I grew up in was close enough to the pavilion where all the music came that I could actually sit back, listen, and listen to him at night. And then when I got a little older, I was able to go to a few concerts and those guys. He was just amazing to watch. So I always loved the name Ibo. So I took that name. And then Mandingo is a name that they just put me in college because um, of how I, how, how I move, you know. And so maybe 1991, my junior year in college, I took down my European name and took the name Ayaba Ibo Mandingo, um, changed it legally, and I've been moving it under that under that meditation since, you know. Powerful, powerful. Yes, I. Yes, I. Yes, I. Yes, I. So yeah, brethren. Yes, of course, um, mommy, mommy still call me what she named me, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> well, there go. That brings you back back to your true, you know, your name, like like having yes, the mother's yes, call. So yes, yeah, sir. you gotta listen to that, mama. Mama's powerful too. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you, there you go, brother. There you go. You know, you know, I answer every time too. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I am, I am my mother calls. Yes, I. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to mess with mama. <laughs> so yo, uh, can you expound a little bit on your poetry, man? Uh, this is. I would say, of all things, you know, what really attracted me the first thing because I heard you on on my mom's radio show dropping some powerful, powerful lines of poetry, and I said, "Wow, cool. I would love to get you know, love the link with this brethren." So, um, you know, first, I, man, if you don't mind, would you would, could you could you drop a, a piece for us? Oh, please, brother! I, I said it to your to your mother when I was with them. Uh, I don't have a shy bone in my body when it comes to sharing, brother. You know, um, words sound as power, and, and you say when, and I'll go. All right, drop it. Cool, um, Nazi Dread. Mine start around my heart. The roots go down to my toes. 27 years ago, they started sprouting out of my brain like cosmic antennas tuning into the most high. Really? I might never meant for you to think it was a hairdo and run good to your hair in a twist to look like this. Natural living, peace and giving, telepathic vibes. 
Beating drums, gorilla chest, ganja health, dissect the stress. You shall not drown the corners of your head, neither the corners of your beard. Don't be scared, dreadlocks go, the beard too. Put a spine in that here doozy. Natty dread is not a joke, and natty dread is more than smoking herb in blunt. If you can't use the vibration within the meditation for creation, you're wasting the inspiration. Stop smoking my natty dreads. Babylon swear I was you mistaking my covenant for your here do with your dead natty deadlocks hanging down. Chase those crazy ball heads. Chase those crazy ball heads. Chase those crazy deadlocks with their broken antennas. You're the reason my reception has been so bad lately. You wouldn't last two days in the hills with the Rastaman, moving in sync with the land, eating Ita stew of rice and Kalaloo instead of your swine and cheese, man, please. Those cute little store-bought twists will never knock up like this. These are Nyabingi roots. They go straight up out of truth. I, man, see your bloody hamburgers and raise your vegetables and fruits. Barber's cheers and Barber's shears. To crop your deadlocks to the ears so you can hear what I am saying to you. My Naki dreadlocks is not no bumbo clad here, dude. Last year. Boom shot! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Fire, fire. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Word yes, as sir, sound yes, as sir. power. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I am. Yeah, <laughs> wow, man. Straight to Babby wrong. <laughs> give thanks, man. Give thanks, give thanks, give, give thanks. Give thanks, give thanks. All right, man. So, yo, how, what's your what's your process of writing your poetry? Um, inspiration. It comes, you know, usually um, for me, it's got to marinate. It really has to some, you know, a moment will hit, something will happen, a vibe will come. And, and for me, it's really... Is the marination i gotta let it sit there you know maybe a day later two three days later it will just come in these very very long chunks you know that that sometimes you know you know sometimes you know you hear me drop the pen and laugh because it's like you know you know that creator is real because the inspiration comes in a way i'm sometimes i'm like i'm just not this clever to be able to put these words together in this kind of way and i know that it's divine in those moments and i just give thanks so for me it's really really about making the vessel receptive to, to, to creative inspiration, divine inspiration for me. It's really that. I really, I, I absolutely, I'm, I'm an avid reader. I love the word, reading novels, any sort of, I, you know, since I was a boy, I've been reading. Mommy say I started at three years old reading. So the idea of reading, you know, the best writers say that the best writers are readers. And that's absolutely true because you have to upload to download. So for me, it's, it's definitely knowing the technical components of it. I, I believe that one should study one's craft, but then I think you also should should be able to 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 connect to the divine spirit. And that's why Bob is you know Bob is so important to to Rasta, the Rasta idea because of the things he expounded when it came to ganja. Bob say herb is a thing that's good for you if you use it. And a lot of people don't catch that part what he means when he says that. You know, when you're feeling that vibe coming and you're in that meditation. It's nice to sometimes to just sit and just sort of drift. But if you can, if you if you can put that towards something constructive, like trying to figure out a painting or or figure out how to take say 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 say, say a sentence, a very right, a very beautiful sentence, it can the ganja can really help you to really focus on a way. And to me, that is really the the the, the path I take. You know, what I mean, yeah, it just you know, yeah. there's times when it come out, bro. I mean, you know, I, I ancestors, 
He sits to me like a title warrior contemplating his youth of battles lost and won and of his search for truth. Imagining myself as him and traveling back in time to see America in technicolor black and white when Cooper's Clan burn crosses in the night. That came in one burst. Wow. For me, sometimes it's like, you know, I'm trying to keep up with the, with the inspiration and write fast enough before the word jump back out of my head. You know, that whole thing, that poem is 20-something years old and it came all in one burst. And that was about an old cat. I grew up in the projects in Connecticut. And um, it was an old cat that, that, you know, he was like the, the grandfather, one of the people in his grandson got in a lot of trouble and sort of, you know, fell into a lot of stereotypes of what people that live in our area are supposed to do. And, and this man just used to always watch me, would always greet each other. And, you know, he was absolutely an elder. Uh, you know, I must have been in my 20s, you know, maybe early, early 20s at the time. And he was in his, eight, you know, 80-something, 86 years old. And, and, you know, he just one day he just called me over to him and he said, I really like the way you move, young man keep stepping like this and never allow this this where you are to pull you down and i just you know those things just stuck to me so when he, uh, we became very close and just used to sit and reason and when he passed away i wrote that and I'm just sitting there thinking about the man that that jumped into my head just like that mm, that's beautiful and it's just so to me is 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 understanding the the power of of connecting and, and loving and, and the universe that's why i i teach that with my writing with with, with the younger children, and also when I teach, you know, adults, is, is the idea of letting go long enough to allow divine inspiration to sort of come in and, 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 and take over and, and, and move you. Yes. And it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful feeling, you know. I think that's why a lot of us create in the wee hours, you know, when, when, it, when the earth is still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely special creative energy, you know, at night. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's when the voice comes. That's when the stillness. In that stillness is when the Most High comes. You know. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, yeah, but I, you know, thinking about um, bringing up your school teaching and and these powerful poems. I'm really curious. I have a question for you. I want to formulate it the right way, um, and it's a question yeah, that I think uh, the family will appreciate, but also something that I personally want to know about and and um will take to heart in terms of growing my youth and, and interacting with youth when you're when you're at school teaching poetry um you know i'm just realizing like you and you you overstand you're you're operating within a a school system that is um you know it's a it's a on some on some level it, you know it's a shit system like it's yes it, i um and so i'm curious like how how do you stay um work within that system and yet bring the truth to the youth and do you feel do you get backlash from the the powers that be yes i absolutely backlash man backlash is probably an understatement you know in, um, in 2003 i spent 55 days of homeland security for my 9-11 poem yes i so you know it's, i know i know the backlash the backlash is reality you know and I I, I, I I realize that I'm him. I'm the elephant in the room. I am that person. So I tell the children that, and I don't tell them to do it in a in a in a, in an uh, in irresponsible way. But but there always has to be a tone crier. There always has to be somebody who is who is brave enough to speak the truth right into the face of power. And and yes yes you know poets and poets and people like that have lost their lives and and have been been banished from their countries and 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 spent years and years in jail and those kind of things and you don't want any of those things and that's not that's not the reason to give those things but I, you know i always try to teach them from the idea of of social justice 
and the idea that, that a person like Martin Luther King, when you read his speeches, was actually a poet, a lover of poetry, who absolutely used people like friends, like he had Lorraine Hansberry and those kind of people, that, that, that were Margaret Walker, who were friends of his, who were, who were brilliant poets. He absolutely used that, that, them to inspire a lot of the things he wrote for us and he left for us. That's why a lot of it is such, has such a melody to it. So for me, it's it's the truth. It, it, it's the idea. I really push the idea of of truth. And now, now I think the phrase is your truth. But I I just used to push the idea, and I still do the idea of speaking your truth. And obviously, in the school system, you do have to be very, very. Uh, it's like a, a it's a tightrope. You got you definitely got to be precarious at times, and you mm. definitely have to be the person who can sort of um, toe the line and I have I been in my, in my principal's office many many times in the last 20 something years absolutely man have I walked away from a couple of schools absolutely I have a couple of schools uh, ask me to, to not come back tomorrow absolutely but um, hmm. well, brother, I, when, you, when you put that up next to the children who are inspired and yeah. say you know for a lot of years I would walk in I'm a big 6 foot 3 220 pound black man uh, dreadlocks down to my waist and, and when I walk in, a lot of times they would say, oh, we know exactly who to put you with. And then I would, they would put me in a room that's supposed to be like, you know, one of the rooms for the quote unquote bad kids who have to be, you know, have to stay in one room all day. And when you go into that room, it is inevitably what it would be is a room full of young black men who look like I did 20 something, 30 something years ago, who, you know, you know, puberty hit and, you know, they grew up five inches in the summer. So now they come back to school, they're 14 and they're, they're 5'11", they're six feet tall and intimidating and you know they're 200 pounds already and, and you know they can't they can't articulate so they get they get all of these sort of labels thrown at them and those are the kind of kids that i talk to and it's for them it's really the truth it's really about talking about their truths and in those moments you understand that you know never having my dad around you know my mom not being a very good mother or my mother trying very hard to work for me and being, being proud of my mother all of those things come out in no in those moments so actually what i get more 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 pushback and more resistance for those type of, you know, getting those the kids to come out of those type rather than quote unquote necessarily political things. You know, it's when you really start to get children to start to start vomiting up the the the, the ills that the things that are making them, you know, sick. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that you you know what I'm saying? In the school system will start to, you know, tell you that, you know, you gotta be careful and make sure you don't, you know, cross this line and you gotta cross this line and you gotta respect the parents' right and I'm very personal, so I, I, you know, I meet the parents, and um, I'm, I'm like the special art teacher. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, uh, I'm a master teaching artist, certified master teaching artist. So when they come in, when they meet me, they know that I'm the guy that's that's coming in to fill that void that was created when they took the arts out of the school system. Yeah. So they, they, um, a lot of them expect it from me, and you know, um, a lot of them, you know, love the the idea of their children being empowered. You know, the kid that can't talk. It doesn't like to talk in public. You give him a puppet. He makes a puppet. You hide him behind the, the barrier, and all of a sudden, he can talk. He, he got a bunch of things to say through his puppet now. That's great. I love that. Yeah. So I'm. Um, that's my. That's my way in, brother. Absolutely. If you do it, definitely, I would advise plan on plan on resistance. Yeah. Plan on a lot of pushback. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's in general when you, when with the truth. Um, but I do yep. want to. I do wanted to say, man, I, I big you up. And I appreciate love that work that you do on behalf of those youths because we all need someone like that, you know, like, and I, I think most of us can think back to someone as a child, you know, that made that difference, you know, made that influence on you to 
to find something within you that's beautiful, whether or not you've been, you know, shown that before or been able to see that within yourself. Um, yeah, so it's really important to have someone like yourself in, in that situation, interacting directly oh, brother, with, with the youth. I, I appreciate love that, man. I mean, and I think that, I think Iron Sharp is, I, I believe that because that's how, you know, that's, I've had the pleasure actually now of coming full circle in, in, in finding my, my uh, middle school teacher art teacher, Mr. Sepulveda, from that same circle, art circle you talked about, which your, that your mother's connected into. And he was, um, I met him in 1983. 1983, I met Mr. Sepulveda, maybe a couple of years after being here. And um, he was the guy that looked over my shoulder, you know, maybe 18 months into America, still intimidated with the thick old Caribbean accent and long before Caribbean culture became cool in America. Super intimidated and bullied, and he looked over my shoulder one day and was like, you know, you got a beautiful brush stroke. I think you're an artist. Hmm. I remember looking around and looking up into that man's face like, what did you say? <laughs> he said, yeah. And I told him, I'm, I'm, you know, we reconnected. Just what happened one of the galleries that rep Suzanne, the, the gallery that represents me down here. I'm talking to her about the, the art teacher that inspired me to want to be an artist. And I say, Mr. Sepulveda, and she goes, are you talking about David Sepulveda? I said, I think that was his name, David, but I, we call him Mr. Sepulveda. She said, oh my God, we did our master's together, degree together in, in uh, Italy. <laughs> and wow. sure enough, she called him, asked him if he remembered Kennedy Cruz, my name that, you know, my original name, he did. He came to a show that I did a couple of weeks later, and sure enough, it was Mr. Sepulveda. So I was like, you know, if, if you love the art, it's your fault. And if I suck, it's your fault. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so, you know, it, to me, that's, you know, and then the English teachers that, that just wouldn't let me hide out. You know, you, you're, I, I see what you're reading. You're reading so-and-so, Canterbury Tales, and, you, and you're, you're, you're describing and, and talking about it. Yeah, because I read it about five or six times. Oh, you're, you're, you're not hiding out in this group. Get over there. And they just kept pushing me and pushing me. So to me, it's, I have to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to do that because I mean, you know, all the kids. Every time I think about all the kids that could be slipping through the cracks, I, I it makes it inspires me to get up and go do it again. You know, go and go back in. I thought I, this was going to be like a, something I did for a little while, and here I am now going on year number twenty-seven. <laughs> you know, so inspiring, brother, and it's, it, it, it uh, absolutely gives me a reason to get up and, and, and step out. You know, um, and and just. Reflect, man. Every once in a while, one of my students will stop me somewhere. You know, and now I'm at the age where, actually, you know, I I met one of my students the other day and met her daughter and her husband. It was <laughs> that was pretty wild. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. wild. That was pretty wild. That blew my mind. You know? <laughs> she remembered me. I, I didn't recognize her. She recognized me, and then once she pulled me back up and got the name, and I heard the laugh, I was like, wow. <laughs> That was like 13 or 14 years ago. You were like 15 years old. She's like, yes, Mr. Ayala, I'm 29 years old now. Graduated from Howard. This is my husband and my daughter. I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Powerful. You know what I'm saying? Graphic yeah. artist. I was like, oh, wow. That's just, you know. Oh, full circle. <laughs> yeah, man. So I'm, most days, most days I'm, I'm a pretty, um, pretty happy cat as far as you know being on the planet goes most days you can't you know knock me over with a feather kind of thing i'm i'm 
I think it's awesome here, man. And I think more people need to realize it. <laughs> it's a good plan. It's pretty awesome here, brother. Be. <laughs> yeah. me? It's, it's the coolest ride I've ever been on this thing. Life thing is yeah. awesome. Even the downs, the ups and the downs, they've been gorgeous, oh, man. Yeah. They've been, yeah, man. It's uh-huh. wonderful. I don't, I don't see why people are in such a hurry to, to leave it violently or, you know, or, you know, dangerously or hatefully. I don't see, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of the up, ups and downs, um, do you mind uh, telling us a little bit about your journeys, you know, coming to this country? You mentioned, you know, you grew up in the islands, Antigua, and um, came here as a youth. Do you mind, you know, telling us a little bit about that journey and what that was like and also how it relates to some of your poetry? Oh, absolutely, man. It, it's, um, well, I, I was, I was in, it was bliss. My grandfather was my hero. You know, he just passed a few years ago and he, he, he remains my hero. He's still... You know the, the the most powerful man I've ever met and seen. You know, being six foot seven definitely helped. Um, but you know, just as far as just having that figure to look up to. You know, so I was in heaven. I didn't want to go anywhere. You know, and um, and um, I remember uh, you know when the, the Sunday morning that mommy told me that we were going to go to America, and, and then um, it's in my play. I have a play that that was off Broadway last year. I had an awesome six week run, one man play. I play like 11 people in it. And so I play seven-year-old, or, or I play like the 11-year-old boy who, whose mommy's telling him this thing about going to America. And, and in the play, he says, Mommy, me no want go America. Nothing I go marry about America. <laughs> me no want buy no mango there supermarket. Me want to pick them off a mango tree and decide. All the milk and honey done sheer out. There's only hand-to-mouth living in government projects where guns are barking instead of dogs and the sirens have replaced the sounds of the crickets and frogs at night. The policeman keeps watching me. I see him creeping through my dreams, arresting my aspirations. So, mommy, me no want go America. Can not now go marry about America. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everything you know that like you said that yeah. and everything it's like I could put it, 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 it to me it's and definitely having done the play which is autobiographical it definitely you know like the play that I did for your mom is a Statue of Liberty and in the play it follows that because obviously after that and we come to America and I see the Kennedy Kennedy we land at night and I see the New York skies and it's beautiful and the man scares mommy asking her how long we're going to stay and she says you know just here for pleasure and then of course he asks her how long she's going to stay and we lie and say she lies and says oh just two weeks we're just here visiting family and really was it was what everybody was doing at the time and that was the way you came into this country in those days in you know the late 70s early 80s you would get a, a a ticket for vacation two weeks and you would you know the return ticket would become a souvenir of of the day you came to america you know yeah. uh, september 26 1980 and you know the first couple of years man is, is illegal you know the legal you know mommy and the player goes mommy bought a social security yeah i said bought mommy bought a social security card from somewhere in new york and set off on to become one of the newest members of America's lower working underclass. She spent 12 hours a day putting batteries in boxes for 375 an hour. Yes, my mother, the singer, put batteries in boxes, batteries in boxes, batteries in boxes, batteries in boxes, 12 hours a day for $3.75 an hour because she wanted us to have a better life here in America. I hated it back then and sometimes I still do. And I go into the poem I did for your mom the other day, which is the Statue of Liberty. It's the metaphor of what the Statue of Liberty is and how 
how connected that is to America because she looks like one thing from the outside when you go inside you see all the nuts and bolts and the closer you get up to the top the skinnier it is and the less people can fit at one time and when you get right to the top it's actually an illusion because you think you can look out of the windows but you really can't because the windows point down <laughs> and then the arm the arm that you know that immigrants that came into this country in the 20s and 30s used to be able to go up to and have an even higher perspective of America is no longer you can't go up there anymore as a new immigrant so you don't get to go up there and see that point of view anymore and then you come back down and you come back down and you come, it's just to me once I sat down to write it it just kind of fell into it because it, it, I was like wow what a perfect metaphor for America actually yeah that is can you, know? can you can you drop that poem for us please <laughs> absolutely man absolutely Maybe I blinked, but I don't think I remember seeing her from the plane. See, I was looking for an Ellis vibra Island vibration when I entered this nation, but this place wasn't mine to have. One day I went looking for her to get some liberty from her. I wondered if she'd have anything to say, but I think they closed her mouth the same day they closed Ellis Island. I walked inside her dress and looked up past her breast to see her crown here from the ground. The stairway to her brain moves slowly as a midday train, and as I climb to the top, the stairs, they seem much deeper. And when I look the way I came, the bottom seem much deeper. The top was claustrophobic and made plenty people sick. The door to the heavens stretched arms was off limits. No one could go there anymore since Ellis Island closed her doors, but I wanted to go up there and see what Carlucci and McGinnis and Goldstein and Smith see, but my name is Mandingo or Sanchez or Mohammed. And now today it's off limits to me. She represents America in more ways than they know. I climbed to her top to find these doors where many entered before and now not anymore. I descended her stairwell of iron core, realizing Miss Liberty had lost her soul and all her liberty had been sold to those who could pay with their white skin. Mr. Ellis would check them in. European second home where the Indian and Buffalo used to roam and third world people get sent back home. By xenophobic offspring of European boat people who now write laws that would have sent their great grandparents back, back to Ireland, back to Italy, back to Eastern Europe, back to Western Europe, back to feeling black and brown like third world people waiting for Mr. Ellis to write his sequel. From her beacon hand glows worldwide freedom cries, she with silent lips, give me your tired, your poor. Your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, I lift my lamp beside the golden door, but for third world people. It doesn't seem to be a knob anymore. So maybe I blinked. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> I, I, ironic, brethren, that we're, we're here on uh, on voting day doing this, yes, <laughs> doing I, this interview. And man, I'm telling you, you're speaking yes. some powerful words, man. I, I know Thank they're you, resonating with the, with the family uh, worldwide, you know, man. Thank I mean, you, brother. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Brother. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I, what do you think about, you know, voting, you know, and I don't know, this is an interesting time we're in right now. I mean, without a doubt, uh, I don't want to get, you know, too deep into politics or nothing, but, um, yeah, you know, here we are on, on this, this voting Tuesday and, um, and here we are, you know, dropping these powerful, powerful lines. I know it's not a, not a coincidence. So absolutely not, brother. I definitely don't believe in those, in, in, in coincidences. Um, I think it's a sign of the times, absolutely. Um, but I also think that we always have to be aware of, this always happens, man. You know, um, 
the creator always makes sure that there's balance. So when you have this level of madness, it's just the voices are there. It's just the media has gotten smarter because they knew, you know, I think they learned from the 60s in those times, you know, they would go and put the mic in some very powerful people's uh, uh, faces and, and they would come back with some very serious opinions and sound bites. H. Rap Brown, you know, um, um, uh, Stokely Carmichael, Black Power, um, Malcolm X, by any means necessary. They, they don't want those kind of sound bites anymore. So they'd rather go and, and go put a microphone in Kanye and Kanye West's face because they know he, nine times out of ten, he's going to talk some ish. Or one of these rappers who, you know, who are either misogynistic or, or, or you know, just, just got issues with themselves. So you don't get anything positive from them. I think the media has done that deliberately, very deliberately, because, I mean, you know, just, I mean, across the board, who, who the people who were, who were, available to tell you give you a, a sort of a, a thermostat the people that you would use that there, there it is the people that that we would use for our thermostat on what the climate was racially um religiously spiritually sexually in any time they were always there like the somebody that you could use and now they don't i don't think they run for they don't look for the for those honestly anymore they look for for watered down versions of you know people who say sensationalize, sensationalize serious subject matter and and I feel like it's, it's very right that we do that. Last night I was in Harlem doing the same thing, and I said the same thing. And it was at a, at a poetry reading. I was the feature. And, you know, they were doing poems that were cool, but they were doing poems that, were ne that necessarily weren't necessarily challenging things. And I think, I think that that's your job, man. I think if you're, if you're an artist, I think that, yes, let's, let's have a good time and let's, and let's talk about those kind of things but also let's let's check each other let's hold each other to task and let's let's remind each other of the importance of of of, of standing up to the machine so it doesn't swallow everybody That's and right. man I, I take that I take that super serious you know I take that really I'm you very must, careful you, must, you know huh? after them 55 days my mother made me promise to wash my mouth <laughs> 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 you know what I mean but but yeah I mean I didn't the 9-11 poem, I wouldn't do that poem. For, for I didn't do it for 15 years until I figured out how to work it into my play in a way that, you know, became, instead of doing it first person where I'm the person, you know, I'm actually sitting there and, 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 and basically barking it at the audience or barking it into the microphone. Very, very bombastic. I, I sort of did it as the, as the reporter, third person, really just sort of pointing out all these things. And it was like, you know, I know they can still come at me for pointing things out, but at least this way they can't say that I'm threatening because you know yeah but yeah, so, that's so what happened with the, what happened with the 911 poem you, you've mentioned it a couple times what what's the what's the story with that <laughs> <laughs> you know you know I did it I did it I, that poem I, I um I brought it up last night as well and and the, 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 the brothers and sisters were like hey, what's up with that piece um <laughs> you're sparking curiosity <laughs> you know you know when I did it I did it um I did it in Connecticut, um, down in Stanford, about, uh, um, I think about a week and a half after America invaded Afghanistan in 2003, which was like, you know, on the tales of going to get Bin Laden, you know, George Bush part two, um, and his, and his campaign against terror, quote unquote. And, um, um, it was a concert in Stanford. Stanford is sort of a conservative town. It's my hometown. It's, it's my adopted hometown. It's where I moved to Antigua from, to rather, and um, love Stanford. 
but it is a bit conservative. So they, you know, they have a concert, spring concert, and um, the audience was filled, and they waited to like they had, they gave me fifteen minutes, and at the last minute they come and they cut it in half. Told me I'm only I can only have a seven and a half minutes. No explanation. I'm already the only brother performing, so I, I get really offended at that. Myself and another brother, he was a, he was drumming. I was going to be the only poet singer. So, um, we're sitting back there, both of us kind of stewing, because he's like, I can't get what I need to get done in seven and a half minutes. I worked on 15 minutes for like the last month. I was like, brother, how about if we just mosh our thing together and just beat him in the face with one of them impromptu sets, just full of magic and juju? He's like, cool, let's do that. <laughs> so we get up there. I just start my most radical set, the 9-11 piece, the four, the nine, the, the, the 41 times piece for Amadou Diallo and police brutality. Oh, you know, all the political stuff I just start hitting. And um, we get to the 9-11 piece and I decide to start it with a guiltiness, rest on the conscience, oh yes. And he sings as well. So now he's he, he's uh, backing me up and it sounds like we rehearsed it. And, and I start the poem. I'm on the edge of the stage and I'm chastising. I'm, I'm in first person mode and I'm pointing at people and I'm, you know, making people uncomfortable. And at the end of the play, man, you know, at the end of the piece, I go backstage and the promoter drags me by the elbow. Yeah, but you did not say that you were going to be using, we're at war, everybody, we're Americans. And this is, you did not agree that you would use your time to rail against this country. It's supposed to be coming together now. And like three days, you know, there was a bunch of editorials in the local paper asking me who I am and some immigrant. And, uh, you know, three days later, the, the knocking on the door. I'm sitting on the toilet, quite literally. That's in the play as well. Um, my son Atiba knocks on the door and says, Daddy, the FBI is at the door. And I was actually reading Kefa Boy, which is the South African story of dealing with apartheid racism. Black family's point of view is a tennis player, brother. Very, very, um, very, very good book. Reads me on my morning spliff. And, and, and I remember I, I put the spliff, I marked the page with the spliff. And I went mm -hmm. downstairs and went to the FBI. And he was like, sir, we have a warrant for your arrest. Um, I was right in the middle of getting of getting my um, my immigration status certified. Like the long story version of that is, um, after coming here in 1980, and Reagan's amnesty from like I think it was like 86. So we fit all that stuff. But then we, my mother, the lawyer that dealt with my mother was the SOB who robbed us. And um, after waiting years with our temporary things, we found out that he had never filed the paperwork we had paid him to file. So we um. We were like sort of in limbo waiting for them to approve and my stuff was the last stuff to approve. And that's what the government used with the new Patriot Act and said that I, I was not, I couldn't say. So I spent 55 days waiting for them to figure out how they were going to deport me. In the meantime, the local community, our community came behind me in petitions and newspaper articles and phone calls from all over the country and fundraising and by the time I got to court, the judge was like, this man is a, is a asset to his community. He did not deserve to be in here. Mr. Mandingo, you're free to go. And I walked out. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, man. That, <laughs> that That's worthy of the of a of a powerful play, like it sounds like uh, what you wrote. Yeah, man. I love that you, you yeah. incorporated that. The, 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 yeah, um, man. The poem itself, uh, is that something that you, you still – Drop from time to time, or you kind of keep it keep it on the down low at this point. <laughs> no, I um, I absolutely do. Everything, man, everything is fair game now, brother. All I'm right. uh, 
and again, you know, I, I say it, I do it, and I feel like I do it from a different point of view now. Yeah. And right. I feel like it's relevant, man. And, and just like you said, you know, it's, you think, oh, no, this is not going to be relevant. And then, you know, here it is, what? 9-11 was 2001, 17 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I know. 9-11. I wonder if I'll be ostracized and criticized by all you Americans in this room if I say the chickens have come home to roost. As you throw up your bloody hands, lamenting. Why me? What have I done? And now? Well, now your city shitty streets look like downtown Vietnam and Beirut and the Congo and Palestine and Burundi and Rwanda and Grenada and Panama and Baghdad. And you throwing up your bloody hands. Lamenting of your plight of domestic flights flying at the famous skylines, destroying famous landmarks, destroyed. Destroy like the hope of the people in the Congo when you replace Lamumu with Mobutu, destroyed. Destroy like the hope of the people in Chile when you replace Allende with Pinochet, destroyed. Destroy like the hopes of the people in Jamaica when you replace Manly with Siaga, destroyed. Destroy like Soweto and Biko, destroyed. Destroy like Kenya and Joma, destroyed. Destroy like your national security. As innocent Americans die wondering why they're not safe anymore. But see, reciprocity comes boomeranging back bringing with it the smell of death from vietnam and iraq and nagasaki and repercussions for the years and years of hegemony is the memory of japanese kamikaze shining like pearl harbors hijack american invincibility hijack american security hijack american superiority to be spun into yellow journalism accusations and speculations about who done it and the chickens have come home to roost and now all you want to do is throw up your bloody hands and they're bloody up to your wrists, up to your forearms, up to your elbows, up to your armpits, up to your shoulders, up to your neck, up to the level of vengeance sometimes. And yes, innocent people die sometimes, like one million dying in a hundred days in Rwanda while you all changed your channel. The congressional executive decision to replace and assassinate third world heads of state trying to decide our own freight as African Americans wrap themselves in the flag. Born again patriots who forget that same flag flew over Jefferson Monticello while he capitalized on captured African lives, creating American capitalism, the center of your foreign policy. And I see you watching me in my bed, scared, wondering, could I be Osama coming home with my chickens on this plane filled with drama? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even I laugh hearing that now, like, yo, you were crazy. (laughs) Man. Oh, no, I I remember remember the... uh, the atmosphere then, you know, it was, it was. Oh God, it, brother! It was all People about. Still, right, they, you know, they had the window flags. Yeah, I mean, remember those window flags? That yeah, man. Mommy was like, "Kenny, boy, me I beg you not to do that poem there again, boy. Why boy, <laughs> the police gonna lock you up? No, do um, please, me I beg you, son, don't want to do that poem anymore." Okay, mommy. Yes, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Man, I'm yeah, glad man. I'm glad you yeah. did that poem, man. We we need that. We need that to wake up, brethren. That's that's where we're at Absolute. right now, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that completely. Mm. That's why that poem came back came back to my mouth because I I believe that I will like we talked about earlier. I know I know that, you know, that came divinely, the inspiration for that piece came divinely. So I I I have to do my duty, you know. Yes, yes it can be scary at times, but and yes, one needs to be very smart and not and not become kamikaze like in one's in one's mm-hmm. focus. But I, I definitely think that you have to you got you have to speak truth to power. You have to do it. You have to do it in a way that you don't make it. You know, again, become you know, put yourself in danger and and, and and sort of unnecessary danger type things. But you don't know who's listening, man. And, you know, and that that's a good thing. In a bad, obviously, that's a bad thing because you know the powers that be might be listening. 
but that little youth man that might, might, might be listening to, you know, Bob heard somebody, Peter Tosh heard somebody. That's right. Langston Hughes heard somebody. That little youth man might be hearing, you know, little little sister might be hearing, you know, uh, yeah. Maya Angelou, you know what I'm saying? Joan Baez, they heard somebody. That's right. You know, so we, we I, I, those are the things that push me, you know, realizing that, you know, it's it's the continuum. I'm, I am from a long line of griots, you know, um, a long line. I mean, just just a long line of, of brothers and sisters who whose only job was to, was to speak truth, sing truth, write truth, paint truth, and they did it. They did it beautifully, and and, and I'm I'm absolutely honored. At 49 years old, I'm absolutely honored to be a member of that guild and to have people recognize me as such. And I was just saying that to somebody the other day, you know, you see somebody's name on a poster or on a magazine or in a book or something, and, you know, it'll say so-and-so banker, so-and-so, you know, CEO. I love that mine says someone's, you know, Ayabo Ibo Mandingo, artist, poet, writer, painter. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that, brother. I love that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want another title next to me because I get it. You know, you want to know what the Renaissance was like? Go check the artwork. Go, go you know, Go read the right. song and the poem. You want to know what the fifties was like, twenties, the sixteen hundreds, the fifteen hundreds. You want to know any any of that time period. You want, all of it. We are the ones that 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 house the truth and and and, and develop the truth and grow the truth and shape the truth and present it to, to tomorrow. And man, what a cool job! <laughs> Beautiful. What a cool job! Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, you you mentioned many different titles, and um, I noticed that musician or singer was not one of them. But you you did tell me uh, the other day on the phone that that's that is something that you you know that you're doing, and, and more and more so. You, you even said you you started a band here recently. Uh, yes. What, what go on yes, with yes. that? What, what go on with the music? You know. <laughs> well, for me, you know, for me, I'm, and, and you you're very astute pointing that out. I have such a respect for for these for these. Uh, these these disciplines that it takes me a while. Like it took me, it took me to play being off Broadway just to finally say, okay, I'm a playwright. Okay, yeah. I'm an actor. Gotcha. You know, same thing with the poetry. Um, I'm working at becoming a better singer, and you know, maybe next time you and I reason, I will say it. You know, you hear me say, "Wow, Jay, you just say you're a singer too." <laughs> I'm, right. My mother's a singer. You know, uh, Marvin Gaye is a singer. Dennis Brown is a singer. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm getting there. All right, and the band—that's what the band is about. The band is about—is about that confidence in going back to something that was my very first, the very first thing, discipline that I learned was was being the son of a singer was singing. And, and you know, when I moved to this country, it just—you know—a lot of the catches to tease me and tell me that you know boys don't sing. So, of course, wanting to fit in, I told mommy I wasn't singing any. I, I didn't sing anywhere and broke my mother's heart. Now I'm at this age where I don't realize that you know. It's about the tool, man. It's about really about the tool, and, and um, I mean, I opened a set in Brooklyn, in, in, in Harlem last night with, with a Dennis Brown piece, and, mm-hmm. and um, which which cut you it sing? It felt good. Come again? Which tune did you sing? Um, my mama said, "Son, be true to yourself. Don't let the system get to you. Don't know. Hey." Cause whenever you done your best, let God do the rest and pray for everyone that is around. Now, see, never you be jealous, not to be envious. 
And in God you should put your trust. Now, hey, cause the good that you do will surely live with you. And I will always see you through. Hey, so when you give love, you get love. Don't you never stop from giving it up. Cause when you give love, you get love. Don't you ever stop from giving it up. Bring it. And, I mean, once I did that, I was ready for all the poems, you know, and the audience <laughs> dug it. And, I bet and, you they know, did. It feels good, man. <laughs> it, it, it feels good, you know. It feels, and I love Dennis. Dennis, to me, is oh, is, is all of them. You take all of them, you know. Minnie Ripperton, Aretha Franklin, Marvin Gaye, Nat King Cole, Bob. You take all of them and throw them in a pot and ask me, pick one out and pick out Dennis every time. Oh, my God. No doubt, yo. I got. I got to tell you, man. You, you are in my. From my view, you are a singer. You surprised me there, Brendan. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, no. You, 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 I'm gonna. I'm gonna oh, tell you. Man, what. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks, Redrick. Give yeah. thanks. From you, trust me. From you, I'm gonna take that in high, in high, higher chords. Oh, all right. The voice right. is there. You know, the voice is there. I, I um last year being in, I'm in 2014 being an actor. I, I decided, you know, my friends coaxed me into doing my first musical. It was a Caribbean piece called uh, The Ruined Seventies, written by Zeno Obi, a brethren from, from Trinidad, who is one of their greatest, one of the Caribbean's most celebrated playwrights. And it was about the black power movement in the seventies. And my character, Tingale, um, he, he, you know, whereas other people, they were, they, were, they were actually talking, you know, there was actual dialogue for the other characters. The only time Tingale expressed himself was with, 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 with song. And what, you know, what the writer did was he put a lot of old, very political Calypso songs. A lot of people don't realize how political Calypso was in the 60s and 70s in my mouth. So a lot of those things that were coming, that were being said in the Black Power Movement, they, they came. Tingle was the one that expressed them. And, you know, I go to the thing and I was the, I was the only actor who hadn't really done much singing. And so because it was, a, it was like maybe a 14 character piece, um, all the other people that showed up were singers who hadn't done much acting. So they were nervous about the acting component. But, you know, the first that first day, this, it was about singing. So, you know, the, the musical director, they sent the, the original director who teaches at the Car University of Caribbean in the West Indies in, in, um, in, in, in Trinidad, and they sent up the original musical director, who's one of uh, Trinidad's most celebrated music directors and also did the original piece. So they both set up the original, the original direction for the original play when they presented it in the 70s in Jamaica, in, in Trinidad. And so now I'm singing for this woman and I'm nervous and I'm shaking and, you know, I, I did all right. I got the part and we're about two weeks into, into, um, into, uh, uh, rehearsal. And she stops rehearsal one day and said, come on, say with me. I go outside and she said, I go tell you something. You see that voice you had there is a sweet voice. You just have to stop being afraid of it and let the voice go. Mm. I was like, really? <laughs> She said, me, she said, yeah, man, you sound like every time Blender. I was like, really? Ooh, you know what I'm saying? That's a compliment. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, so you know, the, the compliment for me, coming from her, coming from somebody with the, with the, with the, with the, you know, the, the product, you know, the, the, the resume that she was pushing. Yeah. I was like, okay. And I went back into the rehearsal and, and, and it was a great time. The rest of the time was awesome. We did the 12 shows and every night was awesome, awesome. And, you know, singing all the time. So I came out of that since 2014 having this thing and then going to South Africa, meeting all the Rasta brothers over there and then going to Nigeria and, and meeting, you know, going to Shrine and meeting Fela's children and starting to really just be around musicians 
and starting to, you know, understand things like timing and, and, and you know, and, and really starting to get confidence and realize that, you know, my voice, I, you know, there's, there's, everybody can't be Whitney Houston and Nat King Cole and Dennis Brown. What you can be is you can be a Bernie Spear and a, and a Bob Marley and, and people that, that understand their voice as an instrument yeah. and use it. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. that's what I'm learning now. So that, that's bad. much more fun because, you know, being a perfectionist as an artist, you know, you're just like, nah, I can't sing. I can't go out there. But it is. And, and now I write. I write. I've written quite a few songs. And that was, to me, that was the most mystical of all the art forms to me was the idea of writing a song. Because, you know, you swear you got a song and you're writing it and you go up the street and then you sing it to your wife and she's like... Please, that's the melody from Stevie Wonder's song. You're like, oh, I no wonder the melody sounded so familiar. <laughs> like, man, I thought I had you know a hit I mean? there. So for me, I didn't, I didn't know how. For me, that the idea of coming up with your own melody was mystical to me. Like, how does that happen? And and it did because you know the, the we're almost done with the um the new album. We're probably about uh seven, let's say seven songs. Me, three or four of them master, but I, I would say at least, at least seven to nine solid pieces that we definitely could call songs now and they're all original pieces and, and um, some of it is just straight up song songs and some of it is is sort of uh, a dub, dub poetry I feel like that's a feel that that you know Mutabaruka is still the god of that world but um, I, I don't feel like it's been touched you know not the way the other the other other uh, you know departments of reggae have really gotten the dance hall the roots rock reggae but it seems like it's been a while since it's been a really powerful dub poetry album and I just that that's a, to me, you know, when you talk about drum and bass and, and a poet up there that understand the idea of of dub and and music and and a music and is a musical person, I'm I'm looking forward, brother. I'm looking forward. I got, I think half the album is, is probably dub poetry, so I'm I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward. And, and, and the sing talking thing is forgiven. You know what I'm saying? Where you could do like the sing talk style uh, that Muta might use. You know, with, with the melodies. You know. Yeah. So I'm yeah I'm 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 excited. Trust me, I'm excited, brother. So I'm glad. I'm glad you 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 talked to me about that because I may, maybe my shyness of, of adding that to my toolbox yet would have made me maybe not speak on it. But um, yeah, I'm smiling like a kid right now because it's, right. it's, it's very. You know, I mean, for, you know when it, when when you're in our world, sometimes not boredom, but you be you can become so comfortable in the thing that you know, um, you forget about how exciting it is and, and to be doing it. And every time I think about singing, to me, it's like. I'm at that place now. You know, the kids, my youngest was 23. I told you the other day we were talking. My youngest is 23. My oldest is 29. Feel very free. Very, feel very smart. I'm 49 years old. I feel like I planned it properly. And I did. I wanted to have my children young so that not only would we grow together and they would want to hang out with me when they got into their 20s and 30s, but so that I would be young. I would, I would still have, feel like I could live some life. And, and um, as long as I've known myself, maybe it was, you know, I sang with the adult choir when I was seven years old in, in my mother's church. Maybe it's that, but I, I, the idea of being on stage with a band behind you and the band is sending you this energy to feel like the band, and I've had that feeling a few times, so I know, I know the high. The, the band is sending the, 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 the vibes through you, literally, electronically coming right through you with, with all of them things coming off of them instruments, all them vibrations. And then you're doing your thing, and then you look out at the audience, and they connect with you, and then they're sending this thing back to you. And you sitting there in the middle of the band, sending it to you, and the audience sending it back. Oh man! Oh man, brother. The way I describe it, when it comes to like being up there with a play, you know, I go. It's like to me, 
it's better than sex. And they go, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, when you make love to a beautiful woman, somebody you're in love with, and you walk around the next day, you wake up the next morning, you're like, hey, girl, what's up, girl? I made you breakfast. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, maybe all day long, you at work and you're thinking about her still, and you just feel light and cool and, uh, woo. For me, the stage, when you have that moment, that feeling is a month long. Like a month later, my feet, I'm still looking out of my feet just above the ground like, wow. <laughs> that was cool last month. And so for me, man, I have not experienced yeah. a better pheromone rush than, than, than that thing on stage. So I'm hooked. I'm, uh-huh. I'm in it. I'm completely I love it. addicted. And yeah, and, and mainline. I'm ready to mainline that shit. You feel me, right. brother? It's I like, do, yes, give me here. <laughs> well, yo, you got you to gotta link me when, they, when you got that, you know, when the works are coming forth. And I definitely relate with oh, what please, you're saying. Oh, please, brother, yes. <laughs> of yes. course. Yeah, man. So, uh, how about you come? You 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 mind uh, before we let you, you let you go tonight? Uh, maybe drop us a little piece of uh, some of this music that you've been working on. Okay, 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 okay. Um, oh, let me see. Hmm. Okay, so um, you know Dennis Brown, right? I'm a big Dennis Brown knucklehead, right? Let me see what else I got. Um. Um, Dennis, he has a song called Rockin' Time. Rockin' Time. And the beat is like, tum, chuka, chuka, tum, tum, tan, tum, tum, chuka, chuka, tum, ting, tum, tan. So I used that beat. Ben kind of took it and remixed it and sent it back out. And that's cool. Um, and, and I'm trying to, to, to put the words up in the head. It goes, are we ever gonna try love? Of his love not to not shine. Now we ever gonna try enough of his worthy attraction. No satisfaction, no blood of a nation just runs and runs. And saddest Palestinians still throwing rocks at guns and blood still a run. And I can't find justice anymore to make my appeal. He sent her out to the battlefields where now her blood soaks the battlefields. Are we ever gonna try love of his love not to not shine? And are we ever gonna try love of his worthy attraction? Where soldiers die so often, mother's sons, they die so often. And everywhere I look is coffins. Everywhere I look, I see coffins. Coffins filled with innocence. And coffins filled with consequences. And coffins filled with adolescent souls. Yeah, I think they've lost control. Yeah, we got to take control and make them, make them try love. Let's make love an option. Try love while this just a distraction. Yeah. Na 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 Try love. Na 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 <laughs> pull up, yes, pull up. <laughs> 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 right, 
Rhythm, rhythm. Yes, <laughs> fire, fire, brethren. Yeah. Oh yeah. All you right. Can. All right. You I can. see where you you're can. coming from. <laughs> I see that. Uh, I see that that little bit of Everton blender. I I I, I kind of get that. I, I get that 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 woman said that to you. And of course, cool. of Beautiful. course, the Dennis Brown uh, influence. Yeah, of course, the the DB influence. Uh, yeah, which yeah, like you said, there's no greater. So. Beautiful, Brendan. I, I love it, man. I, I can see we're going to have to do this again. This is going to have to be a regular occurrence. <laughs> yes, I, I. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I definitely feel like I have a Brendan, Brendan now. So anytime you're ready, just heal me, Brendan. I'm at your service. All right. Give thanks. Um, man, yeah, man, with your, your one, I want to ask you just a couple more quick questions before we let you go. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. With your, your one man play that you did, are you that went, that was on off brave? Broadway, very successful play that you wrote and acted in as the one one person in it. Um, do you plan on doing that play again or bringing it to other places? Is that something that we could look absolutely. forward to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, absolutely. You know, any any anybody that's interested, um, the, the website is Ayaba Arts, I Y A B A R T S dot com, and we would love to come. It travels very easily. We can put it in the back of a my truck, my my Ford one fifty, and, and bring it to you. Perfect. I would love it. Yeah, we took it to South Africa and it was awesome. Took oh, it to Nigeria. Wow. Awesome. All right. That that reminds me, um, I know we've been on a on minute, but man, we we spoke about this like a few days ago and this connection with Nigeria, mm-hmm. but I just would love for you to speak about your trip to Africa and your time in Africa and, and um yeah, if you can even specifically like Nigeria, and I want to, before we drop any further, I want to big up the family listening right now in Calabar, Nigeria on Onyx FM. Yes, I. Big up Reverend Stanley. Yes, I. Calabar. Calabar. I have been there. Abibio. Aqua Ibong. Big up. Big up to Enia too. Big up to all the bridging in, 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 uh, in Calabar. Love from Ayaba. Miss Unabad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I. You know, they say Una, you know. You know how Jamaicans say Una? They say Una. Yeah. The first time I realized that, I was like, whoa, we really want people for real. Wow. Yeah, man, the guy was like, Una ready to eat? I was like, did you just say Uno? He said, no, we said Una. I said, wow, you know, we uh, said Uno? Wow. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> but Brian and Virgin, I'm, I'm enjoying myself to the maximum. Um, you know, head food, they're burned, and, and everything is cool. So no hurry, bro. When you're ready to go, you let me know. Um, Africa. Africa, man. Um, as long as I've known myself in this country, you know, people always identified me that way. And it wasn't always a nice way, you know, back in the 80s when people were making fun of dark complexion and African features. I was, you know, I was called everything, Idi Amin, Shaka Zulu, all in, all in a derogatory way. So I don't know, for some reason, well, I do know, as a Rasta in me, I, I embraced, instead of running from it, I embraced it and I became very proudly that. And so... From those age, I wanted to go to this place and see this place that, you know, I was always being identified with. So when the opportunity came in, in 20, uh, 2014, February, to go to South Africa, oh man, I leaped at it. And it was, it was, I was invited to the Northern Cape Writers Festival with my first novel, Sins of My Father. And uh, my manager um, pulled it off. We went over for, uh, for a month. And that turned into about six weeks. You know, we hit it off so well that uh, the government um, department that invited me was like, you know, they wanted to share me with the entire district that they represented. So we rented, they rented a, a van for me and they drove me around to the entire district for another two and a half weeks. So I got to see a lot of, uh, probably 85% of the country. 
and me to go to a lot of the places where, you know, that, that don't really make the news or, or people don't know about, like the Joe, Johannesburgs and, and the Sowetos and, and the Cape Towns and those kind of places, places like Le, Le Fontaine and, and, and Springbuck, where pulling the town was like one of these mystical things, brother. You know, I'm, you know, it's very hilly and mountainous. So, we, you know, these villages, you can, you, you can, you know, you're coming you, at the top of a mountain, you can look down and see the village in the valley. And it was one of those type of vibes. So, you know, it's, it's about noon. We pulled out into the village, and you know, I pass by a, um, a little stand. And I see a rasta and his woman selling corn. Wow, selling roast corn. Cool, cool. Home vibes. I pull up to a, a, a bus stop a couple of blocks away, and it's like 35 rastaman. Like the rastaman, I remember as a boy in the Caribbean in the 70s. You know, when when they were shunned by the community, you can see that some of them are homeless, and some of them don't have enough clothes and. The things I remember as a boy, my grandmother would tell me, you see Rasta, don't become like them. They must so and so and so and so and so. And it just took me back to my childhood and to make matters even more mystical. As I, you know, They basically looked into, we, we exchanged views, they saw me, and they literally jumped into traffic and stopped the van. <laughs> and so you now I jump out and they, they, we embracing each other and, and the host gets out and they're seeing and they're passing me guns and I'm, I'm with the government. I'm officially with, traveling with a government procession. So I'm trying to easy with the ganja and the host comes up to me who's a, a indian a, a, an indian descendant of south african born and he said brother i, I respect your fate i respect rastafari i respect bob and peter tash he said you do not do not hide any of your fate do you be a rasta and i took i took the chalice and licked the chalice and the next day i was in the newspaper with the chalice hitting the chalice with it springbok paper low you know american antiguan poet from america traveling in south africa with the chalice in my mouth you see me with the country <laughs> in my mouth smacking it hitting it i was like okay okay all right yeah. and it was just one of them things so that uh, that's the first story i like to tell because you know long story short was me and those brothers hit it off so well you know, that I said, I turned his name was Faisal. I said, Faisal, these guys will be my host tonight at my performance. And I was going to a very, the, he had called ahead lobster and prawn and all the bell and whistles, you know, wine. And it was, it was doing a very, very sort of official spread for me. So we go in there, people are performing and then the roster show up. And, you know, these are the brothers you could see. The, the pictures are beautiful because I made, I, I made sure they sat in the front row. So when you look back at the pictures that I took, you could see like the, 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 the tuxedo pants with the black socks and the black shoes, and you see a Rastaman barefoot, dirty foot, Rastaman barefoot, dirty foot, high heel woman stuck in Rastaman, dirty foot, Rastaman, Rastaman. It was beautiful, brother. And wow. it just, what happened, what I learned was at the end of all of this, Faisal, the host comes up to me and he's crying. He's like, brother, I got to just tell you this. Because one of these magical nights, you know, we performed outside. It was a big, a big, gigantic moon in the sky that just lit up the stage like a spotlight. It was magical, man. Magical. It was a combination of the reggae and, and, and the African roots, Zulu music. And Faisal goes, like, yeah, but this community, these rasters here, we have actually been trying to enroll with them for like the last 10 years. There's been times when they have actually thrown rocks at the cars we were approaching and when they would spit at you. They didn't want because they didn't trust us. And he said, in here tonight, you, because of you, there were people who had, hadn't seen their sisters and their brothers for 10 years since their parents kicked them out. And that's who, that's why they were dancing with each other. And that's why you see after a while, they started getting up and mingling because they knew the people in there. They were their family. And he said, if you hadn't come to this town, this would have never happened. So people are going to remember you forever. And, and, and so sad, man. That's my, today, when that album was finished, the first place it would go is Springbok, South Africa. That's my biggest fan base. I wouldn't even call them fan. That's my biggest family. 
they love me and 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 I love them and I didn't go there going I didn't know I was doing this is why one has to be very you know when it comes to righteousness it's not about bible things it's about it's about living a, a honest life because that's all I was doing was just being very honest with my feelings and 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 the feedback I got from these people brother it was like the love and and the way they came up to me and was thanking me you know, I haven't seen my sister in five years. I haven't talked to my mother. My mother just hugged me. She can't believe I know an international artist. No, she all of a sudden she believes that I'm a reggae singer. I'm like, wow. So wow. Damn. that to me yeah. was, you know, and then, then, then I perform, you know, I perform. And I had that experience of me, you know, being a romantic, being the poet. I had that experience where I took off my shoes and stepped in the African dirt and I could feel all the vibrations coming back into me. I felt that, yes, for sure. And then I performed with the elders, you know, some of Nelson Mandela's comrades, people who had been exiled for 20 plus years and 30 plus years. You know, one brother, uh, Professor Patuli, spent three weeks on an airplane just trying to leave South Africa, running for his life. South Africa would find out, the apartheid government would find out where he was, call ahead to that government and tell him not to let him land. So he literally spent three weeks going from airport to airport. He'd land, you know, he got as far as the airport, get off the plane, and he'd have to get back on the plane and go somewhere else. And he was just mystical, performing with these people. So I wrote this play, this piece, while I was there, and a professor friend that I met online, who I got invited, he was my host. So I make the mistake of leaning over and telling him, I think I'm working on a new piece, my first piece in Africa. So I do my set and, you know, wonderful reception, and the host goes, ah, my brother, we understand that you have written your first poem in South Africa. He said, we have to have this poem. You have to do it for us now. I'm like, brother, it's not. He said, come, brother. We don't care if it's not done. We want to hear this poem from my brother Ayaba. So I go up and I do a poem, and it's called Native Tongue, and it's about the frustration of, of hearing, because you know, I'm sort of an amateur linguist, and you know, the brilliance of African people when we were stolen, we, we still had to use structurally phonetics. We had to use the same phonetics. So we just took the phonetic, the, 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 uh, the, the phonetics that we knew, and we took the English words and put them in that phonetic. So that's why people might say we talk backwards, you know, neck back instead of the back of my neck. You know, and, and, and the way we the way we say our oh, patois is broken on put on back is exactly the same melody you would hear. So when I went to Nigeria and being there with the Yoruba, where you know, in in Calabar with the Abibio people, and hear the way they talk when somebody says "kilo shele," which is "how are you doing? What are you doing?" You don't forget it because it, 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 they didn't say "kilo shele." They say "kilo shele," so you hear the rhythm of it. Now you you remember because you remember. Oh, no, no, no. You know what I'm saying? It's like the yeah, same yeah. with our part. How are you? I do over there, Rasta. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so to me, it was like, oh, no. It was like I had like this eureka moment. And that just kept. So that was the poem. The poem was about that. But it was about like, you know, like when you, you hear a song or you're trying to think of a song and every time it almost it like slips back off your tongue. That's what it was like listening to, to the brothers. And everybody there speaks at least 10 languages. So when the Kosha is there and they're clicking before they talk, Nelson Mandela and people, and then when the Tiswana are there and they're pushing it, their tongue off the top of their, their palate and they're rolling the Rs, and you're hearing that, you're like, oh. And it's, it just sounds so, it sounds so, mm, the nuances are so sexy. And, and you, 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 I'm getting them, but it's like the last little piece that I need to get it is missing. And, and so the poem was about the frustration of that and how it, it felt like water slipping through your fingers when you're thirsty. And I finished the poem 
and you know the news is there and there's 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 television reporters and radio reporters everybody brother everybody is crying and i'm not saying that so that it makes the story more wow i mean i looked around the room and i'm crying because the poem made me cry but i was so sort of in the moment i really didn't check the audience in that way i looked up several times to engage but i was reading from the book so I was, you know, and it was the first time I was reading a poem that, that I hadn't edited yet that I literally was, was still working on. So it was, it was some apprehension there. And I get done and the poem brought tears out of me, but it, it, it uh, the, the entire place, brother, the entire place was crying. The entire, I looked up and the, the reporter, the television reporter that had interviewed me 15 minutes before, she's crying. The guy on the radio, I can hear him talking and crying. And then the elders, these people that were Nelson Mandela's comrades, they're sitting there in, in the circle. They get up, two of them get up and they come over to me. Professor Petuli and Don, Don, and, and, and Don Matera, he was uh, the Sharpsville Rebellion in the 50s before Mandela, when, when they had to carry it, when they burned their past, their past books. 27 years exiled, just one of their soldiers, you know, these people, this man of the elder, and I'm crying, and then he comes up to me in the Twitter, and they embrace me in there. Son, we are so glad you're home, son. We have never forgotten you, son. We are so glad you're back. And then this man backs up and wipes my sweat and my tears from my eyes and wipes them on his face. And then he does it again. And brother, they had to carry me from the stage because I collapsed. It was too much. You know, it was like that kind of vibe, you know. And then to leave from there now and, and go to, to Nigeria. No, stick up here now because I went in the book. Um, it's called Mother Tongue. So this ish hurts. Listening to a tongue dragged from my mouth in the belly of a slave ship, trapped in the memory of remembering the melody, the syntax, the cadence, the phonetic structure, the dance of words on the tip of my tongue, teasing my recollection, evading my overstanding the words, slipping through my fingers like sweet, wet water, gone before I can sip its substance, quench the thirst, burning down my need to belong in the land of my blood. I got chills just now reading that again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when I come back here now, it's, you know, it's a, a month goes by, five, you know, Fiza, like Ayaba, you were two weeks. I have to share with everybody. Let's stay and I'm going to extend your ticket for two, another two and a half weeks. So I stay into March. I come back. I'm, I'm basking in the idea that if I went to Africa, even though I know that my people, the people that I'm from, come from West Africa. It's like I went to the motherland. I had this feeling of differentness better, fuller, wholer, more complete, like fixed, like healed. And then like a couple of months later, I get a call from another brethren I met online. Again, we talk about the the power of social media, the positive. Brother, we've been talking about your show in South Africa. We saw some of the, the pictures. We want to bring you here to Nigeria. Come to Calabar with the theater students. I'm like, wow. He's like, we don't, we don't have much money. I'm like, if you can buy my ticket, I'll sleep on your bedroom floor. They bought my ticket. I went over. And when I went over, I really went over for 11 days. So I went over for 11 days. And apparently, you know, the, the creator needed for me to be there. So my green card had expired before I left. So I wasn't even supposed to leave the country. So when I'm traveling back out of Nigeria, now another woman is like, ah, sir, we cannot allow you to leave. Your, past, your, your green card is expired. You cannot travel with an expired green card. Wow. Long story short is it took five months for them to fix that. And it went from, you know, uh, the first couple of weeks of me being freaked out about being in a foreign country to, to 
one night having this epiphany, like the, the little voice going, this is where you've wanted to be all your life. Just relaxing. This is where you're supposed to be. The universe made it so. And I woke up the next day like, yeah, I'm here. Started to learn the language, started to walk around, meet the people, back to Calabar, you know, out there in, in like the Africa that, that my people were stolen from 400 years ago, you know, the mud huts and, and seeing all those things that the people are still realizing that were brilliant because when you go inside these, first of all, I went in one day, it was two stories with stairs that went upstairs. That blew my mind. But then to sit in it at night and realize it's cool, how cool it is in there, the temperature, when outside is still 90 degrees, you go in the house and it's like you can feel it 20 degrees cooler. And realizing all of those things, how they just start blowing your mind and and then and then start singing reggae there, meet a band there and really start singing with them and really start working on timing and just love realizing how much I love being in Nigeria and seeing, you know, I wake up and you walk and everybody looks like me. Everybody has my African features and everybody is dark. And then I'm, I'm literally seeing the faces of my family in Talabar specifically where my people are from. And it was just, one of them, man, after five months ago, I came back up, I, I speak, I, I speak a, a, a probably a, a, enough enough Yoruba to, 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 to definitely get from point A to point B. I speak the broken, their broken English, which they call pigeon or broken. I speak fluently. Um, and I'm already planning the trip back, man. It, it, it's, it was, it was different. It was a, you know, a, you know, a kind of a mystical story for me, you know, um, I believe that you know, a male and a male and female ancestor spirit came into me years ago when I was in, you know, um, in college, and, and sort of made this pact with me that I would take their spirit back to back to Africa, and they would really help me to open up this door into my creativity. And and you know, I, I've always felt like that was true. And, and, and when I went back to Africa, being in Nigeria specifically, I really started to see like, wow, I really, I started dreaming about that 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 pact, that agreement that I made so many years ago. I remember getting very nervous when it was time to leave because all of a sudden it dawned on me that they were not coming back here. Like that was that was the deal. They said we want to go back, our spirit back to where we come from. And then the the the, the last the, the, maybe three or four days before I left, after seeing so much of Nigeria, um, I, I wanted to go to the the ocean. You know, figuring this is the last place my the blood that's in my body. That's the last place, the last view from Africa was looking out into the ocean to this place that this ship was going to take you. And so I decided I'm going to go standing and I stand there and, and the water, if the water touched my foot, I have that same vibe again. And I, I say to my grand, grandmother, how am I going to survive without you guys? How will I get inspiration? And and what I got back was, you know, we're going to teach you how to tap into your own inspiration. And then since I've come back, everybody that knows me has been like, you know, dude, you don't, you do not have dry spells. Like what's up with that? Like you, you don't, it just comes, brother. It just, you know, I've had them before Africa. I would have times when I don't, there's nothing, nothing is there. Nothing is coming to paint or nothing is coming to write or nothing is coming to playwright or, 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 or now it just, ah, uh, man, uh, you know, there, there's a show I'm doing right now that I was at, on, on the radio advertising with your mom the other day. It's for the art trail this weekend. And then for my show that's up at, at the gallery, one of the galleries in town blends. And there are 52 pieces in there, including the performance piece, which is another part of what I learned in Nigeria. Their idea of theater is so much more um, live and, and, and in your face and no walls and no stage and, and completely interactive with the audience. 
totally inspiring. And 52 pieces. And that's not even a third of the work I've done since I got back three years now. And I've easily I've done over 150 major and in between the major pieces and the smaller pieces, sculpture, paintings, collage. And I'm, I'm doing a lot of textile work now with, with different textiles, over 150 pieces easily. And, and a book of poetry, um, um, another play, my first multi-person play that I've written, and then that we're starting to, they were starting to fine tune it and sort of planning to do some reading on now, just like a wellspring. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times yeah, I feel like you know, like I talked about with the poem before. Now it's like catching up and then realizing that because I now understand that I'm a jelly, which is which is a griot. Uh -huh. um, um, it it comes, you know. Before you know, you have a writer's block, and you go. Now I realize if the if it's not coming as 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 a poem, that's because it wants to come as a painting. If it's not coming as a painting, that's because it wants to come as a play. It's not coming as a play. Maybe it wants to come as a novel, or, or maybe maybe it's time for you to try a screenplay, you know, or, or you know, or a performance piece, or you know what I'm saying, or collage. And so now it's like there is no. I don't feel any any downtime. I don't feel any dead space. I feel like a 24-7 conduit. Like, I'm always... And I will definitely get out of the bed to go paint and go write if that's when the, that's when the vibe comes. So, mm, interesting. Africa was... <clears throat> yeah, Africa was like this. It was like, you know, the athlete on steroid. It was like, you know, I'm so wired now, brother. Wow. Mm -hmm. Brethren, you mentioned the uh, the show coming up. What for people, you know, because I, I know there's a lot of listeners in the Connecticut, New York area. What, where can they uh, that that show that's coming up this weekend, or any other future shows coming up, you know, soon? Where can they check that out in terms of your uh, oh yeah, these shows on the website? Okay, just check the website uh, ayaba i y a b a r t s at dot com ayabaarts.com. Man, well. You we'll have, uh, everything will be up. We have a we have a future show, future coming up thing, and then keep up with us. Check the artwork. You know, we got products up there, some of our merchandise is up there. Everything, all sort of all of the above is up there. Okay, great. Yeah, definitely check that out, man. It, it's uh, it's been an honor speaking with you. And you mentioned um, having goosebumps. You know, while you were you were saying that one piece, and I, I have to say, I've had goosebumps almost this whole interview. I mean, it's been it's been really, really, really <laughs> powerful, brethren. I, I love it. And uh, One I, love, brother. Yeah, one love. That we said it before, man, there's no coincidence. There's only Ja incidents. And, uh, yes, I. Tonight yes, is just, I. Ja incidents. <laughs> yeah, tonight is one more Ja incidents. I want to big up the family tuning in in Calabar, Nigeria. Big up Ross E. Big up Beverly D. As you said, truth mm -hmm. to power. You dropped. You, you you mentioned truth to power in one of your statements earlier. We we uh, we, yes, wor I. we work with a woman named Beverly D who does a show that's name is Truth to Power. And, yes, uh, I salute Sister Beverly. Salute yeah, twice. Salute Bev. Yeah. So any and and uh, brethren, salute to you and and your whole family. We we really give thanks for you taking the time to join I and I on this beautiful pleasure, blessed night. You know, and and sharing your vibrations with the family. Uh, I, I I'm serious, man. This is this is part one. I mean, we I could I could tell we Absolute. could do this all night, but I think we'll, we'll push forward and, uh, and call it part Absolute. one. I, I'm, I think this is just the beginning of a beautiful, beautiful thing, brother. Again, man, love and light to your mother for for connecting us. Um, she she saw something that we didn't see, but mothers always do, man. Because I definitely feel like I'm I've met a kindred spirit, and and I look forward I look forward to the to the things that we're gonna do on this planet together, brother. Give onks, give onks, brethren. 
All right, man. Yes, well, until next time, man, I wish you, you know, the best of love and light and uh, shalom from this time until that time. Yes, I love, light, and judge to the eye. Be a oneness, oneness, oneness. Yes, I are. Uh... Blessed love, I are. Uh... <laughs> Peace. Peace.
out of Babylon right about now, and I happen to be leaving out of the studio as well for the night, but I definitely want to big up all the entire family listening in to this week's edition. I want to send an extra special big up to the man called Ayaba Ibo Mandingo, joining us on that special interview, and big up to everyone, you know, who's uh, been tuning in throughout the week. I want to big up this brethren once again, Ayaba Ibo Mandingo, what a talented and hard to go brethren, you know, poet, playwright, author, actor, painter, and as I said, definitely a singer as well. 
check out his website, ayabaarts.com. It's I-Y-A-B-A-R-T-S.com. And family, you've been listening once again to another edition here at Jowworks Radio. My name is D. Rowe. I'll be back next week. Once again, bringing you the best of roots and culture reggae music. Here in the background, of course, Dean Fraser doing up a tribute to Mr. Gregory Isaacs. Elijah Prophet before this. A wicked tune called One and All from the One and All King of Kings CD. And indeed, family, we got one more track to leave you with. It's a brand new one from Natural Black. A song called Brand New Song. Aptly titled. Because that is what we're coming with, you know, a brand new tune. Brand new, you know, way of looking at life. You know, love and respect to the family until next week. It's time to turn over a new leaf, you know. No more compromise. It's a one life to live. Until next week, family, one love and much light. Natural Black coming up next. Forward I are.
just up to sing another brand new song. Thanks for another new body. All the things that did us just me out for my day. So I say, I said, it's so gone. Me day just up to sing another brand new song. Thanks for another new body. Hey, me now make the events play with me. Head. Me, I want us a few can. When my day begin, I held the king and stepped into the light. My day to day living, and everything to the glory of the most high. You want to save me, I mean I slave you. So you have a lot of things me to praise you. When you are seek your own, them no right you. The big man I got straight you, straight you. Me day yourself is sing another brand new song. Give thanks for another new man. All the things where did us just me out from my life So I see how you sing it so gone Me now you're so free sing another brand new song Give thanks for another new band hey. Me now make the Edens play with me head Me a gwan also too can If I never music Me no know where me would a death If I never music Me would a still a call me Mr. Nobody Sing another brand new song Give thanks for another new band All the things where the last just me out from my life Still I see how you say it's so gone Me die a Sophie sing another brand new song Give thanks for another new band Me now make the events play with me head Me a go so few can Me die a Sophie sing another brand new song Give thanks for another new band Just me out from my day Till I see how you say it's so gone Me day I saw you sing another brand new song Give thanks for another new band Me now make the heathens play with the mates Till I see how you say me too gone I must be too gone Hey, hey, hey Me now matter them, no way Now matter them, no day 